The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter where you are. I know we're, uh, we have people from all over the world listening to us, so we appreciate you all taking the time to listen to us. Today, we are doing a roundtable on streaming services. About audio description on streaming services, a lot has changed over the last few years, and streaming services is where there is a lot going on in terms of audio description, and we have all the major players here, and just the fact that all the representatives from all these major streaming services here show that they have a commitment to accessibility and audio description, and we wanna thank them for that. I also want to thank, before I get started, there are the sponsors that we have for the convention. I know that Amazon, Comcast, which is also on Peacock, and Netflix have partially sponsored our convention. But the other panelists, Disney, Paramount, and I'm forgetting, oh, Warner Brother Discovery also sponsored our audio description gala last year. So all these panelists have one way or another been a stakeholder and have been involved in helping the audio description project to advance audio description. And we wanna thank them for that. Before we get started, I, I wanna quickly tell you what the audio description project is for those of you who are listening for the first time to, because, uh, now that we're hybrid, a lot of people that previously didn't have access to the convention can now join. So the Audio Description Project is a advocacy group within the American Council of Blind that event that basically advocate advocate for more audio description, accessible audio description, and quality audio description. It is run by our full-time ADP coordinator, Dr. Tabaxa Kenlin, and she started in January. So many of you will meet Tabitha for the first time at our in-person convention, and please say hello to her. We have five subcommittees within the Audio Description Project. We have the Section 508 Committee, which is chaired by Pat Sheehan, which has to do with audio description of video produced by government agencies, such as the Center for Disease Control or the Veterans Administration. So that has to do with Section 508 of the Rehab Act. And we have a committee to look at those and advocate for those. We have a BADI committee, B-A-D-I-E, Benefits of Audio Description and Education, which is a fun committee because this has to do with teaching kids in K through 12 who are blind and visually impaired how to become critics of audio description. And they we have an essay contest where they submit essays to, and we review the essays and every year we give the winner an iPad and, and give them the opportunity to read their essay at our convention. Um, and this year, the winner actually um, did her essay on audio description of a, of a show on Netflix and will be, be reading her essay at our convention in Schomburg in July. We have the media committee, and oh, the baby committee is shared by Susan Glass. We have a media committee, which is shared by myself, which 
has to do with audio description of television, cable, streaming services, DVDs, media, that sort of thing. And we have a conference committee, which is chaired by Kim Chelson, which comes up with a program for our conference, this being one of them. This was the idea was discussed at that committee and, and came out as a result of that. And then we have a performing arts committee because audio description doesn't just exist in media, it exists in museums, performing art, park theater, and that's shared by Sheila Young, who is also moderating this Zoom webinar. So, um, and it's comprised of about between 25 and 30 members, hard dedicated members who are very compassionate of audio description. We have a great website and resource where you can look up all this information, and I'm not going to go into full detail what's on that website, but the, you can find, I will say, you can find out what's on all the streaming services represented here today. We have a listing of all the shows that are on those streaming services with audio description on that website to what's on TV at night, to what's in the theaters in your state, and that website is adp.acb.org, and that is maintained by our webmaster, Fred Brack. So please take advantage of that resource. All right, so I will quickly just go over some of the other programs that are going to be happening over the next few days. And if you want to learn more information, just go to the ACB Convention website at acbconvention.org and look for the schedule and how to access those programs. Earlier today, we had a uh, information sent, uh, session about the CVTA, which is an up, what will hopefully be the updated version of the 21st Century Video Communications and Technology Video Accessibility Act, which will be re reintroduced by Senator Markey in either late this summer or in the fall. Um, and that has to do with audio description, accessible, advanced communication for the deaf and hard of hearing, um, accessible devices with displays, um, the deafblind dis distribution equipment program to advanced communication for those who are low income. Um, so a lot of information there. So check that out in your podcast feed, or I'm sure it'll be rebroadcast. We have this panel. Tomorrow, we have two panels. We have AD in the Arch, uh, which will be chaired by uh, Dr. Tabitha Kenlon, who will be talking about audio description in the, in the art museum, you know, that out uh, of performing art. Then um, we have a panel on certification of audio description. Kim Chelton is working with a certification uh, nonprofit to come up with a standard for certification. And hopefully in a few years, we will have a certification test for people who want to work in the field of audio description so that we can ensure quality audio description. So to learn more about that, um, that's tomorrow as well. And then on Saturday, we have three panels, one to do with audio description around the world. We're not the only folks doing audio description that's being done internationally. And there will be a number of people who are um, representing other places around the world that are doing audio description on that panel. Then we have a panel on research and audio description where scholarly academics will be talking about what research says about audio description. And lastly, but not least, we have a panel on audio description for children and 
we have people who specifically do audio description on that panel, one in children's television programming, one in theater, and then one in K-12 education. I know I'm going very fast, but I just wanted to give everybody an overview of everything the audio description project is up to, because I'm very proud of everything that all the members in the community are doing to advance audio description. And now we're gonna start with the panel. So would we have representatives, I think from eight streaming services here today. We have Apple, Amazon, Disney, Hulu, Netflix, Paramount, Showtime, and Peacock. If I forgot anybody, I apologize. Let me know. Warner, um, Warner Brothers Discovery. I'm sorry, what was that? Warner Brothers Discovery. Thank you. Warner Brothers Discovery. I knew I, so you're actually going last. The W is last yeah. in the alphabet. Um, so Warner Brothers Discovery, which is now um, Delt Max, which is a newly formed uh, streaming service. And we look forward to hearing about that. So we're going to start with Sarah Perlinger from Apple, because she is actually in Niobe, Kenya, and it is 1030 at night. And it's very late at night, so we're gonna we're going to um, start with Sarah. Sarah Herlinger is the senior director of global accessibility policy and initiative for Apple. She oversees all accessibility, working with assistive technology, hardware, software, and other initiatives of Apple to help foster Apple's culture of inclusion. And she is also on the board of the American Foundation. For the blind. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you very much, Carl. It's great to be so, here. I think this is my, we've been doing this for three years, right? Is that right? Well, I think we've been doing it for five, but I think this is your third year. Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. Third year of this. So why don't you tell us a little bit about Apple and audio description? I know of, uh, it's available through Apple TV Plus, but I don't think you're calling it iTunes anymore, Apple TV. So why don't you tell us those areas and how uh, audio description plays a role in Apple? Yeah, um, well, audio description is incredibly important to us at Apple um, with all of the content that we produce and that which we work with our partners. Um, we want to ensure that we have AD available and everything that we possibly can um, to talk about Apple TV Plus first. Apple TV Plus is available in, gosh, now, I believe it's over 110 countries. And within all of those countries, we offer uh, audio descriptions localized um, in every language where dubs are created. So that includes eight languages for our scripted features and series, 10 languages for our preschool content, and 23 language for our kids' content. Um, and the way that we do that, because this is Apple's content, um, all of that is available in all of those 110 plus countries. Meaning, you know, if you are in, um, say, Japan and you are watching a show that is in English and you want audio description in German, you can do that because there aren't any of the sort of regional rights issues that come up around any of our material. We want to make sure that people have the opportunity to get that wherever they are. 
Um, we also offer audio description in uh, Dolby Atmos um, and for all of, all of our English audio description content and localized for many of our key titles. Um, so we're always trying to make sure that we are providing audio description in as many things that was, we possibly can. And we're always taking in feedback from our users to make sure that we're improving our AD. Um, we have done work with the blind community to improve our AD. For example, we worked with uh, Joe Streche, who was one of the producers for the television show C on all of the AD that we did for that show, because it's an incredibly, um, you know, uh, physical show. There's a lot of, of, you know, battle scenes and all kinds of things that go on. And so there was a lot of really working on uh, how do we make sure that our AD um, was done well and we took the information from Joe so that we could make sure that we improve across the board with all that we do. So there's, you know, all kinds of things that we've been trying to do with TV Plus to make sure that we try and be leaders in this area and, and make sure that AD is a priority across everything that we develop as a, a content provider ourselves. And then when we work with any of our studio partners, um, it's standard procedure for us to request that any of the material that they send to us, they send to us in uh, accessible formats. So whether that be closed captioning or audio description, um, we request it. And if there's ever a situation where we find out that there's something that isn't there, um, we have a public facing email address, which is accessibility at apple.com. We encourage people to write to us to give us feedback, not just on AD, but on anything that comes up around accessibility, because we have a whole team that takes that in and makes sure that the questions get to the right people within the company. But for anybody who does write in and say, hey, we know that this is available in AD um, in some other place, uh, but it doesn't seem it's showing up here, we will go back and contact the studio and figure out how we can rectify that. So we definitely want to know if something has, for one reason or another, made it through without AD and make sure that we get it in there. And, and Apple TV Plus is a monthly subscription, correct? It is, yes. You can do monthly or yearly. Right. I just... Um, I'm, I actually am probably the one person that describes to all eight services represented here. My wife hasn't seen the bill <laughs> lately. Um, uh, but, but so that, that's great. Um, you also, I know you're not calling it iTunes, but you also have movies and TV shows or movies that you can rent or purchase with audio description. Yeah, we now call that just Apple TV. So the sort of app with all of that additional content or the, the studio-based content for rental or sale is Apple TV. And then Apple TV Plus is the content that we produce on our own. So it's that Apple TV content that we work with studios to get AD'd versions of um, content whenever we can. Okay, great. Um, going back to... Your where you mix the show in Dolby Atmos, I want to commend Apple for doing that because there is growing discussion on the various discussion lists on Facebook, email list about audio description that there are some who consider having um, inferior audio to those who do have access to um, full surround sound. They consider it to be um, 
discriminate. I'm not saying I do, but some do because many blind people in the blindness community do invest um, heavily in, in surround sound equipment or speakers because sound is very important to us. And many of us use it as a way to tell us more information since surround sound is directional. And that's how we navigate the world through hearing sound from different directions. It's the same thing when we're watching a show, it enhances the audio description. So I'm just, and I'm not gonna ask everybody if they're doing it in surround sound, but I'm just giving everybody hints as we go along. This is um, um, something that we hope all the services are eventually striving for and 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 um, moving toward. And Sarah, do you also, um, the, I know Apple TV Plus is probably um, fairly new and has not a large library compared to some of the other streaming services, but if you do share or sell some of your content, does the audio description file go with it? Yeah, I mean, it's important to us that our content reflects our values wherever it is shown. So, um, for example, we recently partnered with Canal Plus in France for showcasing all of our Apple TV Plus content on their platform. And all of the French localized content has been available to their team, including with French ID. So we've been trying to make sure that as we, you know, utilize other partners, that that remains something that uh, people understand is important to us. Okay. Great. Um, and I neglected to say there were two more events coming up in the convention. One will be the showing of CODA. We're going to be showing, it's our annual tradition to show the best picture winner at our convention. And since last year, I forget why, but we were not able, oh, we did not show CODA. And this year, we're going to have a double feature where we show CODA and everything everywhere all at once. And I want to thank Sarah for getting that permission to show CODA at an in-person event. And I, as a deafblind individual, and I consider myself deafblind and I have a dual sensory loss. So I also do have a lot of, in and I went to a deaf school for several years as a child. So I do have a lot of interaction with deaf culture. For those who have not seen CODA, which stands for child of a deaf adult, it is about a young adult who is a child of two deaf parents played by Molly Matten and Troy Coster, and it, it will give you an insight into another community in the disability um, community. And the, the unique thing about CODA is that not only do you have the voice talent doing the audio description, you have to have voice talent doing it for all the deaf people who are not oral. Um, so they had to hire separate voice talent to voice for the deaf when they were signing in the film and it, it, it's well done. So I'm looking forward to screening that movie just so that the blind community can learn about the deaf community. Well, we are super excited that you are choosing to show it at the convention and um, thrilled that, the, that everyone will have the chance to experience it. Uh, doing that AD in that way with the separate um, individual who took on the roles of each person with initiation as we were going on. And um, I just want to say that Apple TV is not only available on iOS devices, but 
I have two different smart TVs. I have an as well as an Apple TV and a phone player and a Fire TV and whatever. But I believe the Apple TV app is available on my two smart TVs, my Fire Stick, which is an Amazon product. Uh, my, you know, um, my LG TV. So there are multiple ways to access Apple content other than iOS. Absolutely, that is correct. We do have the Apple TV app on um, uh, an, an, in many different formats on our platforms of Apple TV itself, um, on iOS, on the Mac, and then um, as an app available on other platforms as well. Right. Is there anything? I think I've. I think you've covered uh, most of the questions that I have. Is there anything else you wish to add? Um, gosh, no, I think we covered a lot of it. I mean, I, I think this is um, just we want to make sure people know year after year our commitments there. So it's always a pleasure to join you. Okay, great. Well, thank you, Sarah. And thank you for staying up late. And um, I, I appreciate it. What's the temperature in Nairobi today? <laughs> um, it is actually not super hot. It was probably mid-70s low 80s, I think. So it was a slightly overcast, but lovely day. So, all right. Next we have, and I'm going to butcher her name. So I want to apologize in advance to Dipper Bella Christman from Amazon. Um, she is the head of product content localization for Amazon. She has been with Amazon for more than nine years. Before joining the Prime Video team, she worked on the Alexa team to uh, work on accessibility and their inclusion effort. Now she is responsible for accessibility and audio description at Prime Video. Welcome, Dipa. Thanks for having me here, Carl. I wanted to actually call out that uh, when I first joined this role, uh, I had required reading, which was uh, Dr. Snyder's book, uh, required reading, not for the role, but like that was like my 101 to understanding the space. And the other thing that I used was all of the panels from the last year. It's been super informative and uh, useful for me to get up to speed. And I'm happy to be here to represent Prime Video and share our learnings today. Well, thank you. Um, why don't you, for those who are new, first just tell us a little bit about Prime Video and the number of places to get. I mean, not only do you have a yearly description service, you have you can rent and purchase, and I think uh, even a free streaming service where audio description is available as well, right? Yes. So Prime Freebie. Video, it, yeah. it is. It's called Freebie, and uh, so Prime Video is available in a uh, hundred plus territories. I, I don't even remember the latest number. And we are available, as you said, for a subscription service, which you can pay for monthly or annually. Uh, there are additional channels. I believe Paramount's available on our platform where you can uh, sort of choose uh, a subscription to watch other content. You can buy content, which is one title at a time. So that, there's a lot of choice out there for people uh, to come in. And uh, it's the intent is to become the global entertainment destination for everyone. 
So great. Um, and just like with Apple, there are a number of ways to access. You can do it. And I should have mentioned this before Sarah started, but you can access all this audio description in basically four ways, either over the web through your browser, um, using Chrome or Safari or Edge. You can access through a smart device such as a television set, uh, a smartphone, or even a dedicated media player such as, I don't know, the Amazon Fire Stick. So, uh, or the Apple TV, there are several devices. So there are several ways to access audio description in case for those who don't know that. And please go to the, so, um, so, so you have a, a Amazon Prime itself. You have original content that you also produce and you do your own audio description as well as content you acquire where you ask for track, correct? That's right. So we work, uh, so we have human narrated audio descriptions on our originals. We uh, request our partners to give us, uh, the third party studios to give us all the audio description that they create. And we make that available pretty much everywhere that Prime Video is offered. So whether you're on your TV or your mobile phone or your laptop, the same audio description would be available. Uh, we've got uh, pretty much, I think, uh, every surface that's there covered on Prime Video, uh, we should be able to have audio description there. Do you also do it in multiple language languages around the world also? We do. We do about 12 languages, audio descriptions in about 12 languages today. Uh, and we do captions in way more, but we do audio descriptions in 12 languages. Great. And what is Amazon's view on accessibility and audio description? So I think our mission is to create an accessible and inclusive streaming experience for customers everywhere. For that, what we do is try and make sure that we have as much audio descriptions available on our service. Our North Star, so to say, is to make audio descriptions as widely available as captions are today. So you did mention that we had the largest uh, number of audio described titles. I think it's over 4,000 titles that we have. It's growing every day, but it's, it's a small fraction of what we have. If you think about uh, captions, which is hundreds of thousands of titles, it's a very small so, number, and so we how, want to really, really build bridge that gap from our side. All right. Given that, how are you planning to make even more titles available then? So I think from our perspective, we continue to audio describe our originals with human narrated uh, audio descriptions. We uh, request all our uh, content providers to share. But it's it's a really large gap when it comes to having audio descriptions on hundreds of thousands of titles to script it, make it available. So one of the areas that we are investing in is how do we think about the production workflow in a different way? And we created an audio description authoring tool for script writers to actually create the scripts faster. So you can listen to the AD that you create within a matter of hours. You can fix errors in it faster. And each time you have to fix an error somewhere, it's not a case of going back and re-recording everything. It's, it's a matter of changing something in a script. So what that uses is uh, text-to-speech in the um, voicing process 
to help uh, make that production workflow faster. So we we believe that with this, we will be able to get to a, a, a world where audio descriptions are as common as captions are today. So while I am all for trying to make audio description as common as captions, um, depending on who you talk to, text-to-speech can be somewhat controversial in the blindness community because we listen to text-to-speech all day long for email, for work, for school, for education. And when we want to be entertained, it is easy to hear a human narration voice. So, and I know that we've been, so it's my hope that if you, when you do things, when you do the text-to-speech route, that you do quality text-to-speech, doesn't, doesn't impact the ducking, where you can still do full surround sound, that sort of thing I have. But here's my biggest concern, to be honest, about the authoring tool, because one of the frustrations about the blindness community is that the track does not, the audio description track does not always follow the title. And it, and I could be wrong because I don't know enough about this technology. Is it so proprietary that if this title ever leaves Amazon and goes to another service, can this audio description track go with it? It can. So when any of our, our titles leave our service, if partners request us for that particular audio description track, we have a process by which we can share that material with them and the audio descriptions can follow, uh, can go with the title. So it's not something that's, uh, it, it, it is something where we can make sure that it's available with the title, even when it's off our service. I, I do hear the uh, feedback. And I think in terms of uh, working over the last many months, the pieces that we've been focusing on is how do we improve the quality of script writing? How do we make sure that the audio mixing is a seamless transition? Uh, ducking is something that uh, we've been working on. And I think the voice quality of uh, text to speech is definitely something we want to improve on. Amazon's TTS gives Alexa her uh, the voice and that uh, particular teams working every day to bring in neural TTR text-to-speech technologies. And we want to bring that into audio descriptions to make that experience a lot better. And uh, it's it's definitely a space where even on quality, we're working with Margot Tone, who I think a lot of people in the industry may be familiar with, to create what's a gold standard style guide, make sure it's available within our uh, authoring tool, give better guidance within the tool for people to be able to uh, give better pronunciation and emotional expression on uh, the text-to-speech itself. And we believe that uh, bringing in this quality, it's, it's day one, we are going to have to improve. But as we do, I think this will get us to a world where we can make uh, audio descriptions uh, much more common than they are today at a very high quality. Okay. Um, will you be able to uh, produce it in the round sound or that at the authoring tool? Because it sounds like with the authoring tool that you might be eliminating the role of the audio mixer. Is that correct? That is something that we are working on as well to improve the audio quality. You're right. We do produce stereo today. 
but it is uh, we we've heard your feedback it's something we've taken back to our teams and we do want to improve that uh, i don't have a date or a commitment to share today but it is something that we are working on well and i do although i'm asking you some tough questions i do know that you have been working with the blindness community and other advocacy organizations and i want to thank you for that and the concept of creating more audio description i'm all for so, so I want to thank you for all of that. Um, so I was going to, and I'm asking this of all the panelists, are you working with the blindness community to improve audio description? And I already know you are. You can feel comfortable to say how you are if you want to, um, but, but I know you are. Um, is that something you feel comfortable discussing? We, we do. I think we've been working with yourself, Carl, and other members of uh, the ACB to understand what feedback uh, you have and things that we can do to make our uh, pro uh, the audio descriptions offering better on uh, Prime Video. We are actually introducing a uh, quality satisfaction uh, survey process actually this year. It's something new. We've not uh, talked about it, but we want to get scaled customer feedback. So we are actually going to start reaching out uh, frequently to customers to uh, share samples, get feedback. That will help us pinpoint where the issues are and make us better over time. So that's, uh, uh, that's a new process that I'm actually very happy about because I think it will give us uh, precise feedback that we can operate on at scale to make our uh, the overall offering much better. Right. Now, and I forgot to ask this of Sarah, so she's off the hook. But I know all these streaming services are starting to look into, or if they're not already doing live components to their streaming services. Is that something Prime Video is going to do? And if so, are they going to consider audio description for whatever live component they're doing? We do have live events, but I don't have an answer for you today on uh, what we do with audio descriptions there. Uh, it's something that we are looking into, and uh, I'm sure we'll have more to share uh, in time. And how can people, if they have uh, questions or uh, think they want to learn more about Prime Video and the services you provide, how can people get in touch with uh, uh, your organization? So uh, the audio description page also has our email address. It's a little bit of a mouthful. It's audio-description-feedback at amazon.com. Uh, we should probably try and find a simpler one. But any kind of feedback that's there, we'll be happy to uh, receive. We love to get customer feedback. It tells us what we need to do better. Uh, and amazon.com slash accessibility, which is probably a little easier to remember, has all of the features uh, that we have for accessibility, not just for Prime Video, but all of Amazon. And that will also help people reach our help pages. And uh, it has a place where you can fill out a form and send us feedback. But we'd, we'd love to get feedback. And uh, it, it, it's one of the things that makes us do what we do today, because we want to make sure that we build something better for the people who are using our service. Okay. Great. And I know you're also working in other areas of accessibility for uh, Prime Video. I, as, as I mentioned, I'm also part of the deaf and hard of hearing community, so I pay attention to what's going on in that world, too. Uh, I read about your new recent audio boost feature, so I'm looking forward to seeing how that works and other things. So thank you. Dialogue Boost is something that we are proud of. It's, it's an uh, innovation that we've done, which gives customers 
a way to control the level of audio mechanisms relative to the background noise. Uh, so you can boost the dialogue. Uh, that's why it's called Dialogue Boost. And uh, that's, that's something that uh, helps not just customers who are hard of hearing, but I think a lot of people just get to the dialogue audio much better. So that's an uh, innovation we are excited about. And there are many of us, many members within the ACB community who are coming and they don't, don't necessarily identify as deafblind. So I'm gonna call them individuals who are aging into dual sensory loss. Uh, many more, I've been wearing hearing aids since I was three years old, but many, I talk to people all the time within the ACB community who as they get older, they're starting to wear hearing aids. And it's a, it's a big deal because you know, they use their hearing to compensate for their lack of vision. And now it's like two, two plus two equals five because the information just doesn't add up. So um, anything you can do to approach it from a dual sensory loss is great. Thank you. Okay, next we have Mshilpa. Forgive me, you have quite an impressive uh, bio. So I'm gonna pick and choose what I say here because I couldn't memorize the whole thing. But Shilpa Nahan, who is from uh, Disney Company, representing both the Disney Plus streaming service and Hulu. She is the director of the human rights policy and works with the global policy team to advance human rights among the Disney companies. She also worked with the supply chain within Disney to improve supply chains and other issues to increase um, the safety and rights of human workers around the world. She worked with advocacy organizations around the world, NGOs, uh, you know, and policy stakeholders from everywhere. She holds a dual degree in a bachelor's degree in English literature and media communication from New York University and a master's degree in international relations from Georgetown. And she has also been the beneficiary of several fellowships. And before joining Disney, she worked at Marriott on social impact and also previously worked in film and publishing in both New York and Los Angeles. Uh, welcome, Shilpa. Thank you so much, Carl, um, and hi to all of you at the um, that are part of the American Council of the Blind community. Um, as Carl had mentioned, I'm Shilpa Nadhan. I'm Director of Human Rights Policy on our Global Public Policy team at the Walt Disney Company. I have long black hair and tan skin, and I'm wearing a big pink sweater because I'm in Washington, D.C., and it's a little bit chilly and rainy today. Um, and, um, and I have had the good fortune of talking to Carl and the ACB for the last couple of years, um, that I've been with the Walt Disney Company. Um, and as part of my work, I support rights-based issues, including accessibility. And, uh, fundamentally, Disney has always wanted all guests and viewers to be able to enjoy our parks, our products, and experiences. Therefore, we have been committed to adhering to accessibility best practices and standards. Um, over the last few years, the Walt Disney Company has expanded its entertainment experience to include not only our theatrical releases or content on television, 
which includes ABC, FX, National Geographic, and the Disney Channel. But we also provide premium content, including original programming on our streaming services that include Hulu, Disney Plus, and ESPN Plus. Um, and I'm going to mainly focus on, on Disney Plus and Hulu uh, today. Um, on our streaming platforms, we offer a range of tools and accessibility features, and we'll continue to work on improving offerings. Um, and a lot of that is informed by discussions with all of you and by uh, really understanding what the community wants. Um, and we, um, we, our accessibility offerings can be accessed in whatever operating platform you may be using to stream your content. Um, we also aim to create interoperability with popular screen readers and adhere to um, WCAG 2.0 guidelines. Um, so, you know, representing two platforms and features may vary by platform, but today I just wanted to spend a bit of time highlighting the features of audio description on Hulu and then Disney+. Plus. Um, before I start with Hulu, I'm, you know, I'm proud to just say that all our Hulu produced originals have audio description in English and our Disney Plus originals have audio description. Um, and then we also do, between both the platforms, we do audio description through human-generated voice rather than computer-generated voice because we ultimately believe it provides a better user experience. Um, and one other thing that we do is we take effort to ensure there's consistency around voice actors across a series life. So a, a show may be continuing for six or seven years. We like to use the same voice actors. Um, and so once audio description settings persist when accessing content from the same device. So once you, so what that means is once you've enabled descriptive audio on a specific device, it will default to that setting for any additional content that has audio description available. Um, and also if a show or movie is downloadable and has audio description, so that typically isn't our add to your content, it's our non-add tier service, if a show, show or movie is downloadable and has audio description, you can download the video for offline access with the setting enabled um, as well. So um, I'm going to start with Hulu. Uh, the mission at Hulu is to empower everyone to discover, share, and celebrate stories that connect us. Um, and ensuring that content is accessible is critical to that mission. Over the last few years, our Hulu team has done a tremendous amount of work both to expand our library of audio described content and to increase the accessibility of our platform for screen reader users in order to improve access to movies and television for the blind and low vision community. There have been extensive accessibility improvements related to areas such as color contrast, text legibility, and focus studies, which all make it easier and more intuitive to navigate everything from sign up to account management to watching your favorite show. Audio description is available on the Hulu website, our mobile applications, and any living room devices. Um, right now, we currently just support descriptive audio in English through a stereo mix. Um, Hulu, which I know, Carl, you're going to press me on later. <laughs> um, Hulu is well known for its signature series like the Kardashians, which has audio description. All of our ABC currents, which means... Uh, basically anything that broadcasts on ABC, it appears the very next day on Hulu. 
So shows like Grey's Anatomy and The Bachelor also come to Hulu with audio description the very next day. The same also goes for our FX shows like Secrets of Hillsong, Old Man, Class of 09, and Dear Mama. And of course, a show that's about to premiere this week that everyone's really excited for, The Bear. Um, our Hulu originals, like Tiny Beautiful Things, and our Hulu original movie, What You Men Can Jump, also include audio description. Um, and you can access all content with audio description easily through our audio description hub, which is located on the web at hulu.com slash hub slash audio description. Um, and, you know, just as far as current state, we have published over 5,000 episodes with audio description. We currently have 250 unique series with audio description in 88 live movies with ED. Um, and I know the last time we had somebody from Hulu come and speak to the group, we were aiming to improve some of our offerings um, around kids' content. I can now share that we have done that and shows like Doc McStuffins and Gravity Falls now include AD. Um, and then just another sort of like little minor point to include is a fan favorite um, that has been around for a while, Golden Girls. Uh, we added full audio description to this past year. Um, and then I'll just move over to Disney Plus. Um, so Disney has always been committed to providing the best quality experience to all users and offers a variety of accessibility options to subscribers. Um, as mentioned before, audio description on all of our the theatrical releases. Um, so if a movie is coming out in the theaters, um, then it will have audio description. And depending on which market it's getting released to, we may also have audio description in multiple languages for that theater format. So for example, The Little Mermaid, which came out a couple of weeks ago, and Guardians of the Galaxy, which came out, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which came out about a month ago, were released in audio description in English, French, German, Brazilian, Portuguese, Russian, and Italian, which also means that once they're on Disney+, Plus, uh, they'll be available in those languages. Um, and um, for those movies that premiere on Disney+, Plus, so that means not in the theater, they'll go directly to Disney+, Plus. they will include audio description. A recent movie uh, that I can use as an example is Crater. Um, and just uh, as far as level setting, right now we have about 914 movies, um, 225 shorts, 5,242 episodes, and 245 series titles with AD um, across all our markets. Um, I also wanted to give a special mention to Lucasfilms, Pixar, and to Marvel Films and the MCU. Both studios create extensive tentpole films with beloved characters, intricate storylines, and build galaxies and universes that are complex and interconnected to multiple movies and shows. Um, and we take great pride in the AD experience offered for our Lucas, Marvel, and Pixar films, such as Mandalorian, Obi-Wan, both of which actually, by the way, won Audio Description Awards um, uh, at the last Audio Description Gala that the ACB hosted, and of course, Loki. The reason is that when we develop Audio Description for these franchises, we hire writers that are very familiar with the Star Wars or the Marvel Cinematic Universe mythology. They then work with the creative and production team to work 
intimately with that team to understand the name of a sword or the name of that rock or planet or summit um, that was part of the, the, the myth building and the universe building to ensure details aren't missed. Um, so I just want to say that, uh, you know, just give a, a future shout out um, that we will have a, a Lucasfilm series coming out later this year, um, Ahsoka, and it will be appearing on Disney+. Plus. Um, so look out for that series. It's accompanying audio description when it comes out. Um, you know, we believe that it, you know, many of you, if you guys are Star Wars fans, um, will find that just as rewarding and, and, and engaging. Um, and I just want to also give a special mention to a few things. Um, we provide audio description for musicals, which I know can sometimes be a challenge. Um, so, in fact, last year, and Disney, of course, has a lot of um, musicals in its, uh, in its, in its library. Um, and in fact, last year, we provided a screening of Steven Spielberg's West Side Story at last year's ACB annual conference. So those of you that were there last year may have um, participated in that. And most of our trailers include audio description, including our Disney Plus original TV shows and our original movies. Um, so with that, I'll turn back to Carl uh, and the other panelists. Thank you so much. So one thing is you mentioned, well, first I want to ask you, I find it intriguing that most of the panelists have titled, you know, Director of Accessibility, Policy Initiative, Head of Product for Accessibility. Your title is Director of Human Rights Policy. And... So I guess, are we saying that audio description can be considered a human right? Um, so I think the United Nations and their uh, their list of uh, human rights, uh, or the Declaration of Human Rights is really the standard for, um, uh, you know, for, for what governs uh, human rights around the world. But uh, many of many of the rights listed out there are to me what I consider accessibility rights, you know, the right to movement, the right to safety, the right to education, the right to um, shelter and housing. It, you know, one of the things that um, when you when you provide enhanced accessibility around services, products, movement, travel, things that enables a person that has a, you know, a, a, a right to a freedom, a right to speech, a right to movement, um, a right to privacy. It, it, it allows them to, um, it allows them to be able to access one of those fundamental human rights. So, um, I, I, I can't mean to... go to the UN to, to add it on there, but I would say that providing accessibility ultimately is a pathway to enabling all people to have those same rights and, and that same. I wasn't rights. trying to put you, I wasn't trying to put you on the spot. So what you're saying is the larger picture is accessibility, and 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 audio description falls under accessibility. Thank you for that. Um, Couple of things you mentioned, which I just want to point out to the community and all the panelists, because this is something I see a lot. Um, 
Shilpa mentioned persistence of audio description. Not all these streaming services have apps where the audio description stays on at all times. So I was happy to hear Shilpa mention that because sometimes we'll be watching a show and say, wait a minute, it used to have audio description. Why doesn't it now? And we don't know enough to go back and look at the setting and have to activate it again. So it, it would be nice if consistently, once it is turned on, it stays on. That's a nice feature to have. And again, I'm not pointing fingers at anybody. I'm just bringing up concerns we hear in the community so that we can all learn and work together. So that was nice. I will tell you, I one of the things I love about Disney is when they do play trailers. Lately, I've seen all their trailers. For instance, I saw a trailer for Indiana Jones and the Dials of Destiny. That was on your described. That was kind of cool. Um, so I appreciated that. And I am now probably going to go to the movies to see a geriatric Indiana Jones in a wheelchair wearing a Federer in a bow. I don't know if he's in a wheelchair, but, <laughs> but, 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 but he is 80 years old, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, so that was, and the other thing that's impressive, about, and I'm going to try to point out positive for all the streaming services, the other thing that's impressive is they've gone back and then done their a lot of their back catalog, even going back to audio describing Mickey Mouse in the first sound video, Steamboat Willie, you know, um, in 1928, and Snow White, their first um, full-length animated feature, and some of their other things. So it would be nice if with the writer shortage, uh, the writer strike currently taking place, and Many of you are not necessarily going to have new original content to audio described if you maybe took those same resources and described some of your back catalog. Because um, many of us grew up not being able to watch stuff as, as children and young adults. Or, and now the opportunity to go back and watch some of those things, it's like we're watching it for the very first time with fresh eyes. And that's kind of cool. So thank you for that. Um, and lastly, I am a Star Wars fan. I still remember 10 years old. It was the first movie I got to go to by myself without parental supervision in 1977. And I sat next to Leslie Droskin and I was petrified because I thought she was the cutest thing in the world. Didn't say a word to her the whole movie, but it was a lot of fun. And ever since then, that's when I fell in love with the movie. And I just recently watched Obi-Wan Kenobi, and I will say you can tell the difference in the writing because the writers did work with the production team earlier in the process. Um, and obviously, Lucasfilm said that our content is going to be audio described and we can control it rather than because they want to make sure it matches the quality of their production. So that was nice to see. And um, so thank you. Um, so both Disney Plus and Hulu are monthly subscriptions, correct, Shilpa? That's right. Okay. Um, and they're separate monthly subscriptions at this time anyway, correct? Yes. Um, but our CEO had announced in our uh, last quarter's uh, shareholder meeting that um, at the end of the year, uh, there will be sort of a, 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 a one Disney Plus Hulu experience. So there'll be an opportunity to access Disney Plus and Hulu sort of in an integrated experience. But those that just have a Hulu subscription or those that just have a Disney subscription 
can maintain those, um, but uh, we will potentially be adding a, a additional offering, which combines both of them and their content. Okay, great. Um, and I, I know that other streaming services are merging and consolidating and sharing content. So going to Hulu, Hulu, you mentioned that ABC content is available the very next day, but you also get content from Hallmark, which does quite a bit of audio description for their cable channel. So I'm wondering if you guys have looked at like reaching out to partners who share content with you to share your audio description as well. Yes, we have, and, and we continue to work to streamline that experience. Um, sometimes it's it's more a technical issue where their audio description files, you know, aren't compatible with our system. But um, as much as we can, we try to ingest other other channels that are not part of our own um, enterprise uh, to utilize our audio description files. Well, thank you for making me understand it's more of a technical issue rather than um, not a want. And that's something I've been hearing from all the streaming services. So it's my hope that someday all the streaming services a broadcast cable, whoever can join forces to create a standardized file format and also do Shilpa, as you who deal with supply chain issues, this might be something you might want to look into. Is there a way to blockchain the audio description files so that the files always follow the show? And I'm not saying you have to solve it. I'm just bringing this up for everybody to hear on this panel. Um, because the one thing the blind community does know, we know if something's ever been audio described. And it, 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 uh, it is, uh, and if you follow the email list, discussion list, Facebook group, that's our biggest concern that we have. How come I was able to, or somebody was able to see it with audio description on one platform and not on the other. So that's something I hope as technology advances and we move forward that we all work together on. Um, file transfer and, and 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 one thought that somebody mentioned to me recently is maybe, and I don't know if this is even doable, but maybe the production company create the audio description and therefore when they sell their show, the file will follow. But because right now the streaming services do it uh, or other times. So there are many, I know there are many issues beyond all of our controls, but um, these are just things that I'm asking all the streaming services to think about. But I uh, am a, I watch all the Star Wars content and Pixar. If anybody ever wants to see the reason for audio description, watch the movie up. And there's a scene at the beginning of the movie where you're seeing a montage of, of films describing the relationship between Ellie and Carl. And Ellie is a redhead. My wife, Megan, is a redhead. Carl is a cranky old guy with hearing aids who has a yellow lab. I'm a cranky old guy with hearing aids that have yellow lab. Whenever that theme is audio described and it's like a three minute montage, I am crying like a baby. And I would not be able to do that without audio description. So if you need an argument for audio description, that one scene and up, 
where they show how Carl meets his wife, Ellie, and go through his journey of his relationship with his wife and then loses his wife. Oh my God, it's a tearjerker. So um, thank you. Anything else you wish to add, Shilpa? Oh, no, I guess thank, thank you so much, Carl, for um, for inviting me and, and for sharing um, I actually, some reasons. I actually just... And Up is one, I, you know, that opening scene in Up is probably one of the best scenes in, in movie history. So I'm really happy that you spotlighted that particular one because I, I do think that the audio description on that really I, I, enhances the movie I, on so many levels. I do apologize. I have a couple of more follow-up questions if you don't mind. Okay. Um, one, are you, since you are part of ABC and other ESPN, you're obviously, and the two services are going to be merging. I'm assuming you're going to be doing more and more live TV at some point as well. And if so, is audio description going to be part of that? So I, I don't quite, I, I, I think we're talking about it and we're trying to better understand what our live offerings will be. So I can't really speak to what we're, committing to via audio description. I know, for example, you know, the Academy Awards on ABC, that's audio described. Um, and if if that is going to be a model for other live events, um, you know, what, what are the limitations around live sports? So we're just trying to sort of unpack that. Um, okay. But I think, you know, we always try to consult with Good people like you to to you know better understand what's useful what's not okay great um so are you working with members of the blind and low vision committee community in the process of creating your audio description um so we consult with the community to get feedback on our audio description and audio description offerings um, and we we work with a few vendors that are we think um, you know really it sort of providing sort of quality audio description service. So the vendors have blind consultants, right? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um, that great. Thank you, and um, we look forward to seeing how. Um, the merger of Hulu and Disney worked and hopefully has um, even more audio description. I can never get enough audio description. <laughs> so, um, so I originally, I, I'm gonna go, I know I said alphabetically, but in my note, I wrote down Max, not, not Warner Brother Discovery. So, you know, Max is after, M is after eight for Hulu. So we're gonna go to Janet Rift if we don't mind. Um, but that's, how I memorized everything. So Janet Ritt is the head of accessibility for accessibility and government compliance at Warner Brothers Discovery, as well as the head of the Center of Expertise for Warner Brothers Discovery. Uh, welcome, Janet. Thank you for having me. And uh, thank you for including me with this wonderful group. It's great to see or meet people that you're so passionate about this. 
So, so why don't you t tell us about maps? Okay. Um, well, first of all, um, I should say the Accessibility Center of Expertise and Accessibility, because uh, we are also a production company, so I'm going to talk about that of how that relates okay. to our streaming service to other streaming service or our production company to other streaming services. But um, as some of you may know, Max is the new product that was formerly a combination of HBO Max, uh, content from Discovery uh, Plus and dis other Discovery channels. Um, it also includes uh, different hubs like Cartoon Network, uh, TCM, Turner Classic Movies, um, Looney Tunes, yeah, um, and a lot of, a lot of uh, different products. For Max itself, um, we uh, this is kind of exciting because it was a new announcement, as you know, Carl, we made on Max, but there, there is more than 7,300 hours of audio described content that's available on Max, and that's growing all the time. Um, these are HBO originals, Max originals, but it also includes lifestyle brands that we've now incorporated in a personal favorite of mine, Magnolia Network. Um, there's TLC, HGTV, and more, as, as I've mentioned. Now, we have a very, very large catalog with a 100-year history of Warner Brothers, so tackling that back catalog is a challenge, but we actually commit to all new content that comes on to be described. So we do look at back catalog, like we went back and we described The Sopranos, of course, you know, um, uh, different, different programs from our past, but we definitely are saying that anything that goes on is new is getting described and it's getting described for HBO, you know, for this content that is, um, we're, we're very proud of the quality. We, uh, try to match the quality of the AD to that with, you know, the the human voices, the uh, scripts, and to make the experience as best as we can. Um, some of the other things that we've done for Max, and I'm very, I want to say right now, I'm extremely proud of the Max team. This was a team that came together from the HBO side and the Discovery side out of a merger, and that's always an interesting experience for a company. Um, but they really uh, put all in on this. So let me just give you some highlights of some of the things they managed to do with Max. One is that, um, which other services have, so we're really glad we have it, which is an icon uh, uh, that, um, that indicates where audio description is available, that there's a library page that can be filtered by genre uh, for all titles that have audio description. We're also, uh, we have programming in for a personalized for you, um, what we call a rail or an array, a tile array, um, immediately following the title of the uh, page so that anybody that is looking for audio description is not only just getting everything that has audio description, but they're also getting that rail of curated content based on your, you know, your preferences, what you've been interested in. So hopefully that shortcuts for people. Um, there are more genre filters for it as well. Um, include filters uh, for food, home, sports, science, nature, all the things that are a little bit new to me coming from the Warner Brothers side. Um, and I have to tell you, I have Magnolia Eyes, my kitchen. So uh, obviously there's some really cool things on there. 
especially the recipes. Um, the um, series that are more than 90% of episodes um, described appear on an audio description uh, genre page. You actually have an ability to click on a tile and see anything that has audio description more than 90%. And we're looking to find out like if there's a gap, you know, what we call episodic inconsistency to find it and get that to 100% which is a really helpful thing as we work with the audio description project, which I wanna give a shout out to. Um, and that is, that is something, it's very important to us that as people have the experience, especially with drama, especially with scripted television, that they have that, um, that, you know, that, that experience, episodic experience with consistency. On some of the content that's come in though, that is lifestyle, that might each, each episode might be distinct. We are also looking as we try to catch up on audio description of what has the most viewership in terms of the order we're doing, because it's a massive amount of content that's come in. So we ask people to bear with us as we're tackling that. And we're trying to make sure we get what people are interested in first. Um, Let's see, uh, uh, on the web, there's a link on the footer that takes people to that same audio description library. Um, we have search terms, you can go on and our friend from Apple TV is gone, but I was gonna give her a shout out. Um, you can go on to the different platforms and we cover a lot of them. I have a list here. Um, but before I do that, I want to make a point about our content going over to other services, because um, we're also a production company. It's 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 Max, but this is Warner Brothers as well. So an example would be Ted Lasso. So we make Ted Lasso, and it goes over to Apple TV, and we send that AD with it, um, and we're very proud of that AD. Um, we have. We look for different platforms where we're sending our products over. And if the AD is not playing on it, we look at what maybe the distribution agreement is, and then we're gonna see about, you know, maybe we can get those files in the right format. So yes, it is a technical issue. Um, but we, the idea is that not only is our AD going over, but it's going over with the quality that we are committed to. Um, let's see what else. Um, we have, um, uh, in terms of best methods, uh, we, I meet myself, uh, on a regular cadence with groups that represent the blind. Uh, you know, Carl, we have a relationship. Hi. Uh, but also, and I'm not sure you know this, but I meet, uh, on a regular cadence with the leadership of the NFB. And they have been very helpful in terms of their feedback. We also meet, uh, or I do, because I work also on the production side. So I meet with uh, groups that are um, made up of um, managers, agents, actors, directors, composers, all of whom are part of the community. And this is uh, wider than just the blind community, also the deaf community, right. the mobility community. And we're looking at how do we get this all working from inception? 
not only are we taking care of it on the supply chain as it's going out, but how do we deal with it at the start? And this is, this is a very active um, thing that we're working with. And I love our, both our DEI community, our production community, and how interested they are in working with these real experts in the creative community who also are members of um, the community for their particular area. And they're, it's very exciting. Um, it's very exciting work. Um, I come originally from the creative side, so there's a, there's a lot we can do together and it's, it's a real pleasure, that's all I can say, you know. Um, I, I can actually give you one example of that um, where we had someone um, bring to us from that group that uh, they were a director and they had ramps built so they could get to the camera in a, in a wheelchair. And those ramps became something that the whole crew became excited about. So it goes to every area that we find when we, when we strive toward accessibility, we're improving the experience, not only for our customers and our viewers and our, our participants, but all across the board, it creates a better experience for everybody. And that goes- I agree. Yeah, and that goes to our mission statement for the accessibility COE, that's what we call it, the Center of Expertise or Excellence, which is our mission is to um, have our products and our experiences work in a way that works for the people who are actually, whether they're our customers, our participants, our employees, whatever, that it works in a way that works for them, because that's really the, the point of view we want to look at it. Achieving that, as, as I mentioned, and as somebody else here mentioned, can be a technical challenge. So we are striving to get you know, through that. But it also is important to have the feedback from the community. And that is built into everything we do. So um, very, very happy about the time that the different members of the community put in to give us feedback and to work with us. I think that's a privilege on our part to be able to work with them. Um, the platforms for Macs uh, include Android, iOS, web, uh, Roku, Xbox, PlayStation, Samsung, uh, Google TV, LG. Um, we uh, look at trying to have a similar experience across all of them. We do run into some challenges with some of the console you know, game environment the PlayStation and so on that are in the older modules as they um, themselves uh, go through different iterations of platforms, it becomes also a technical challenge where the newer platforms might cover more than the older platforms. So we're trying to work with them about that. Um, let me see a couple of other things I wanted to highlight. Um, we are working on persistence and we have Quite a bit of that on Max, but we're also looking at uh, ties in to the platforms themselves. And um, uh, some of the other shows that we have that we put on other platforms would be like Abbott, El Abbott Elementary on ABC, I believe, which we're also really proud of. But one of our biggest franchises, Harry Potter and the Wizarding World, goes across to a lot of other platforms. And so we're constantly, persistently going, do you have the AD file? And, you know, um, because that is it, it much like with um, Disney and I am a Star Wars fan. I just want to say that. Um, 
and uh, a fan of a lot of other things, including, I, I wanna call out, by the way, A Small Light on Disney, if anybody hasn't checked that out. It's from National Geographic on Disney, and I think it's one of the most important series that has been made in a while, so kudos for that. Um, didn't come from us, wish it did. Uh, but in terms of how we, you know, this is an organization like many of my counterparts here, where there is a downstream flow where our products go across. So even when we have something on Max and we're really proud of it, it also may be on Discovery Plus or Discovery Channel. We have an original from H from Max, um, the flight attendant, which recently played on TBS on broadcast. So things are starting to move across, and that is that technical challenge we're looking at to see that we have not only persistence within. Uh -huh but persistence across. And that may take, again, the technical challenge, and that may also take maybe uh, looking at the technical agreements. Um, so we're looking at all of that. Um, there are uh, some other things that we're also proud of is uh, that if anything that is an original for Max, that is created with HD at inception as an original for Max. And again, right now, and I don't see it changing, but right now the commitment is if it's an original for Max, that that quality of the AD, and that's a real shout out to the Max team and how passionate they are about this, is going to match the program at a minimum. They want that cinematic quality with the caveat that right now, House of the Dragon, Game of Thrones is in 5.1. Um, the rest are in stereo. Going back to the back catalog and mastering those is going to be a, a little bit of a challenge. We get into the cost issue as well as the, um, um, the challenge of what we're using our resources for. Um, and also we all, a lot of us use the same vendors. Uh, so there's a little bit of a bottleneck challenge as well. <laughs> mindful of <laughs> you know we want those great vendors and i bet everybody else here does too kind of a wild west out there yeah yes it really is um the um i think i've mentioned this to you before uh carl too that um on max and i do say on max because we're looking to see where as it goes to other services whether the ad is following um the movie dune has particularly wonderful ad yeah you Yes. I love it. Yeah. And uh, even though I myself don't need AD, I make a point to listen to it with AD because that is a movie that relies a lot on subtext, how people are looking at each other. But if you know the books, yes, yes, we're all telepathic. And, and, it, and it, much of it is very visual because it takes place in the desert world, right? So, exactly. And it, and, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I find myself more and more putting AD on myself too, because the scripts that are well done for AD will actually enhance the experience of the movie, whether you require the AD or not. And, you know, we saw that as the evolution of closed captioning happened, you know, 80 to 95% of people now use closed captions. Uh -huh. It's our hope that if you continue, if we continue with the quality of the AD, it can catch on 
to the wider community, and then that generates more support in general for AD, um, especially with these movies that are so high quality, but so visual and so, um, you know, might rely on a glance that... So have have you, know, you done, you mentioned that audio description you see as reaching a broader audience, and you sound like you're a bit of a researcher. Have you done research on how the audio description benefits people out? Side the blindness community, for instance, maybe on the people on the spectrum with hidden disabilities, that sort of thing? We're looking, we're, we are looking at that. We are researching. The MAX team is doing some research as well. Um, we, we have at, at uh, the Accessibility Center, which I run, is, is, has a broader remit for the whole company. So it's like, I, I think somebody else here does this too. I, I write the standards and the policies. So we're trying to find out as much information as we can so that as we you know, create our governance, what we do, what we should do, different things like that, um, that we have the research to back it up. So definitely, there is also there are also R and D teams who are we are looking at and don't don't get mad at me please, but text to speech, but not from a point of view of we we would never put it on these things that require that quality, but we are following it from a research point of view to see if it ever gets to that AI point where it's actually worthwhile. Um, mm -hmm. because we have so much content now that is um, lifestyle and reality, and we have to look at, you know, what do we do with all of this? So there, the R&D is happening, but it's not, we're not committing to it because for us, it has to be a good experience. I also want to say that I have talked to my uh, friends at the NFB about if we ever do go there, we would bring in members of the community to evaluate it. So it's Congrats. not something we're gonna do without your help from what I understand. Now, that's always with the qualification that we are a very large company and somebody may not have gotten to me yet or I may not have gotten to them yet. So please, please accept that caveat that I might have to play a little whack-a-mole on that. Janet, a couple things I want. First of all, thank you for doing some of the back catalog. I am now watching shows like Band of Brothers and True Detective for the first time, even though Band of Brothers is, I believe, a 20-year-old show. Yeah. And I saw Singing in the Rain with audio description. And I am a huge film buff, so I'm going to put in a personal plug. Please audio describe anything you get from TCM. And in fact, <laughs> When I was at WGBH, I used to be their marketing representative um, in the Boston office when we had a large audio description team there. And one of the things I did was manage the Department of Ed Grant. And I audio described what must have been 50, 60, 75 titles for TCM. So I would urge you to go back and look and see if you can find those audio description tracks and maybe recycle them to to to. Just just because I'm a huge film buff, and I'm hoping you do describe movies that are popular to Warner Brother culture, such as the Jet and some of the Jimmy Cagney movies, such as, you know, Public Enemy and White Heat and some of the Warner Brother damned cast. Of, well, I know Casablanca is audio described, but I would love it if you did some of the old Betty Davis movies. So that's my personal plug, but moving on. <laughs> You know, um, you bring up something that I'd like to speak to, and I don't know if I'm speaking on behalf of my colleagues here. And and I'll say again, it is just wonderful to meet you all virtually. I'm a big fan of everything you all do. Um, 
there, it, just to be mindful that there's a bit of a tension between you just both effort-wise, cost-wise, resource-wise of what we have coming in new as opposed to what we have on the back catalog uh, because we have a hundred. So no, I know that. we don't want to do it. It's just, um, you know, we have to look at what's being watched. So well, you have limited I would also say if, you know, tell people to watch things that you want to get described. Um, but um, the um, one thing I do want to say about that is that on the broadcast side, I know this is a streaming side, but I wanted to bring up a couple of things about that because we cross collateralize so much. Um, we did live describe the SAG Awards in 2022. And when we did that, we made a point to use a third party that where the describer was blind, was a member of the community, the, uh, some of the other people involved with it. Um, we're members of the community and it went really well. And so we're looking at that experience as a model to see what we can do. I can't promise anything yet. What we do for live though on Max right now is that we go back and describe it. You know what, it may not be described in the live setting, but if it's going to stay on Max, which it will, it will be you know, considered new con content and be described. So there may okay, be, a but okay. A um, couple other things along those lines. And then that's what we call near live content. We try to do that within 10 days of the premiere. You also mentioned musicals. I wanna make that point that if it's something that we produce, um, so it's an actual max produced show um, that will be audio described, whether it's a musical or whatever it is. Okay, so, and, and I know you mentioned something about there being room, we'll find the room um, to, uh, to uh, get, get the description in, um, you know, in between somebody singing in the rain. But um, this, this is something that we, I will say that the team that does this, and it's a number of teams, there are entire, you know, content and localization and, um, uh, teams. So we have teams that actually do the audio description and they are wonderful and it's a pleasure to work with them. We have teams who are working at acquiring content and we actually updated that uh, last year to say we always have to ask for AD. Now there's one caveat to that is that the AD when we get it has to meet our quality standards. So that makes sense. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. And then, like I said, right now we're looking at where our, where our intellectual property goes to see what's involved with the AD going with it. We also, on the broadcast side, um, at, you know, it's actually required, but we exceed it, which is to um, audio describe a certain number of hours of primetime content, especially on TBS. So okay. this is the this is, it's, it's one of those things that's holistic with these companies like ours, where we not only have Max, which, which we're extremely proud, and it, you know, we're still playing, I'll use that term again, whack-a-mole a little bit. So if you find something, um, there is a way to reach us, and we do want you to reach us. So I'm going to read off of that. Um, we have a help center at help.max.com slash accessibility. 
There's also a telephone number I can give out here if you want. It's 855-442-6629. Uh, you can email Max at accessibility at max.com. Uh, I think that's probably the easiest way you just mentioned. So can I you know. repeat that last one? Yeah, but I'll give you a couple of others. Uh, we're also okay. on Facebook and on Twitter at, at MaxHelp. There is a general accessibility for the company as a whole. Right now it's accessibility at warnermedia.com. It will be changing to accessibility at wbd.com. Um, but for okay. Max specifically, you want to reach out to that team because they're the ones that are going to be able to help you. Okay. Um, okay? And uh, the only other thing I wanted to say is that um, in terms of the uh, attention that the Max team gave to accessibility for the Max product, it was looked at as an opportunity as we brought these services together to look at accessibility as part of the design. So again, a shout out to that team because it's, it can be a heavy lift as other people know, um, but it was the right way to do it. And um, we do look at our counterparts and all the good work you do to in some cases for inspiration. So thank you. Um, but also uh, uh, I don't wanna go past this without a little bit of a shout out to my counterparts here. I like Carl have every streaming service and <laughs> huge fan. Uh, I mean, I could I could go show by show for everybody here of where I am a huge fan. Yeah, everybody here is doing some good work. Just incredible work. So thank you yeah. for that. You, you make my life wonderful and being able to watch what you have. And, um, you know, if you want to reach out, we, we all know how to reach each other. If you want a list of what I love, I'll give you to you <laughs> because I'm very grateful for all so you have in life. I want to, you mentioned two things that I just want to make clear because this was the point I was going to bring up at the end anyway. One of the things that I love is the fact that you tag the title of whatever I'm trying to watch with the audio description logo with the screen reader will read out that way because I'm now at the point in my life where I basically will only watch it if it has audio description. Mm -hmm. So if I don't hear the word audio description, I'll just move on to the next title. That way I'm not hitting play, watching 30, 45 seconds to see if it has audio description and backing out and then going to the next title, which I am sometimes with somebody. So if you tag it ahead of time or give us the ability to browse for audio description, but actually tagging is my favorite because when you hear the description of the show, like Casablanca, Elsa Lund meets Rick in a cafe in Casablanca and has a, you know, doesn't know whether to go with Victor Laszlo, audio description and subtitle for the deaf and hard of hearing available. Then yeah. I know to click play, you know what I mean? Um, yes. Where, and I go to the next title, maybe it, you know, white heat, and it doesn't say audio description. So I skip that and I go to the next title rather than because I used to spend, and more and more, I know Netflix also tags, and I think one other does, I can't remember. I used to spend a lot of time hitting play, watching for a while, and then backing out 
hit play, watching, and I'd spend like 20 minutes before I found the title I wanted to watch that had audio description because I had to play all these titles without audio description first. So I don't have to do that now. So that's a huge benefit for those in the blind community. And I want to thank you for adding that. And I'm hoping that all the other streaming services, if they have already not done so, follow through. And I think at least two others have. So I want to thank you for that. And the um, ability to browse among genre is also cool. Yeah, may I just, uh, thank you so much for that. I'm gonna pass it back to that team. We have a design group that focuses on accessibility and these two things you just mentioned were very important to them to get in. So if it's okay with you, I will pass your thank you to them. It will mean a lot to them. It's an incredible time, Sarah. Yeah. So, um, all right, well, thank you, uh, Janet. And I appreciate you. Um, boy, I have all these amazing panelists. I, I, you know, who are do who are doing not that there's not other things, but we're all doing. You're all doing great work. Um, and thank you for educating the blind and low vision community. Everybody so far. Next is Netflix. We have, and I, if I butcher your name, forgive me, Alisa. Alisa Benella who originally had a background in linguistics. She got a, her undergraduate degree in language translation from the university of somewhere in Italy, forgive me, I forget. And then when she went to study for her master's degree in visual interpretation in London, she took some courses on audio description and that's where she learned about audio description. And so when she joined Netflix, she put her passion to use and now is responsible for accessibility and audio description within Netflix. So welcome, Alisa. Thank you so much, Carl. You didn't butcher my name, so you got it perfectly. And thank you for having me here. And I'm really honored to be representing Netflix today. So thank you. So Netflix was the very first streaming service to launch with audio description back in 2016 with Daredevil mm -hmm. and yep. the first company to commit to doing all their original programming. So thank you for that. And I think you were the launching pad for the all the other great streaming services to follow. The other thing is Fred Brack, the webmaster, told me that you guys are now audio describing content in more than 50 languages. Is that correct? Yeah, it's correct. I'm actually would love to share with you a little bit of what we are doing in general with audio description and guide you through what we have been doing. So, you know, at Netflix, we believe entertainment is for everyone and that incredible stories should be enjoyed by all of our members, regardless of language, device, connectivity, or ability. And we are continuously striving to make our service accessible and inclusive for everyone. So first thing, things first, I wanted to explain how to access audio description on Netflix. This is one of the accessibility features that we have available for our blind and low vision members to enjoy content. And there are a few ways that you can find audio description features on Netflix. You can use the search function on web and TV, and members can search the keyword audio description to find all the films and series that support this feature. And on mobile, members can select categories on the homepage and then audio description in English. And while playing a film or series, 
you can select the audio description language at the bottom or top of the screen on all devices. And one thing to call out since you were talking about it earlier, there is a badge on, all the, on the titles detail page that indicates if a film or a series has audio description. The badge is readable by screen reading technology. And in fact, everything like Netflix is designed to be compatible with most major screen reader uh, software provider. So you will have that uh, little badge indicating if you can, if there is audio description available. But taking it back to what you were mentioning and how audio description evolved with Netflix, um, we started creating audio description indeed in 2015. And we started with the series Daredevil. When it was released, it was released without audio description. This is probably a story everyone is quite familiar with. But this, with the series, the audience was very vocal about the need for audio description, especially since the character is blind. The truth is that we were already working on implementing audio for our original content at the time and before uh, There's Devil launched. But after hearing the feedback from the community, uh, we knew that we needed to add uh, audio description faster than anticipated. And so we were able to speed up the timeline and actually have audio description uh, added in just three days. And since it's released in 2015, we have committed to adding audio description to all Netflix films and series in the original language of the content. So for example, if a title is in English, it will have English audio description. If it's Korean, it will have Korean audio description. Today, each Netflix title has audio description in the original language it was created. And we have had local productions in more than 50 languages, which means we have created over 50 local audio description tracks. So that's a quite, quite a huge accomplishment for us. But talking about our expansion and what you were mentioning, we are starting now to implement audio description beyond the original language. So as I was explaining, in the past, members could only listen to the one language in which the film or show was created in. But since last year, we've been working on expanding audio description so that it's available uh, beyond the original language and actually up to 17 languages. Uh, this includes Spanish, Portuguese, Hindi, and French. So for a show like Wednesday, for example, which is in English, in the past, we would have only created English audio description, but now you can watch it and enjoy it in other languages. And, you know, by expanding uh, into multiple languages, we, we know that more members can enjoy films, series from around the world, uh, no matter what language they speak or where they are from. So it definitely opens up the content to a wider and more global audience, which ladders up to our uh, mission to entertain the world. But beyond the, the expansion or like adding more audio description, we've always been committed to quality in audio description. Uh, for example, we have made updates to improve the narration and style of our AD to be as detailed as possible so that the blind and low vision audience doesn't miss out on any exciting moments happening uh, in a film or series. And we have updated our audio description guidelines, for example, to be more inclusive of skin tone, hair texture, and overall identity traits 
um, to better represent, what, represent what's happening on screen. And for these updates specifically, we actually worked with one of our audio description partners and conducted focus groups with members who were blind and low vision to understand how to better describe identities. And Bridgerton, for example, is a great um, example of how we have implemented more detailed audio description into our content. And we are continuously updating the side guide, the side guide that we have. We actually just published an update a month ago. Um, these updates are constantly driven by, by the feedback we get from the community. And also we are very mindful of how culture, language, slang change and evolve so that we can keep up with it and ensure that audio description follows. And talking about collaboration, um, we do collaborate with the disability community a lot from focus groups to reaching out to experts. And our goal is to better understand how we can continue to make uh, Netflix more accessible and compatible with different needs. So I wanted to share a couple more examples of how we have partnered with the community uh, for audio description specifically. Um, one example would be the Academy Award nominated documentary Crip Camp, A Disability Revolu Revolution. Uh, mm -hmm. For that one specifically, we partnered with the filmmakers from the very beginning. Uh, we shared with them our audio description script for review. They also organized a test screener uh, with in individuals from different disability uh, groups, and they shared all the notes and all the feedback that they gathered back with us. And we were able to implement all those notes into the final audio description. And something similar happened on other titles. Another one would be Rising Phoenix, which is another documentary, uh, this one about the Paralympics. And yeah. for this one, we conducted a focus group with an organization in the UK. And we wanted to ensure that our AD was accurate and uh, when speaking about disabilities and not creating any confusion also because of all the visuals that there are in this uh, documentary. And you know the reasons behind the reason behind all of these partnerships is truly to improve the quality of our own audio description, whether it's in English or other languages, because we want to ensure that it's serving the community the right way and the way you want. So that's what, why we keep engaging with uh, different groups and experts. But truly, like a big shout out goes to all the partners we all work with. Uh, more and more of them are actually working really hard to include blind narrators, quality control experts, or uh, consultants. And they're all helping them and us make sure that our audio description is accurate and fully accessible. So truly a big, big thank you goes to them. And finally, um, I wanted to share how we are working or starting to look into adding more audio description to trailers. I wanted to share a little bit of a sneak peek with you or trailer. <laughs> uh, this is an example com coming from the uh, limited series, All the Light We Cannot See, which we'll release later this year. Yeah, uh, we're, it's a, we're, we're very really familiar with that, that title on the blind yeah. community. We're very excited for that one. And for this one as well, we conducted a focus group with the help of a um, San Francisco-based nonprofit for the blind. And 
the initial yeah. focus was truly to help inform the show's campaign. But we, of course, received feedback on the audio description that we had created for the focus group. And all those notes we were able to implement in the audio description. And, and in addition to that type of partnership, we are actually getting input from the talent involved in the series. So Aria Mialoberti, who is the lead actress, and Blind herself is actually reviewing the audio description as we speak. And we are going to implement any notes she may have into the final uh, AD. And for this one specifically, we will be able to have audio description in 14 languages on top of English. And this is going to be for both the series and the trailer. So if I'm able to share the screen, I would like to play the trailer quickly for you. It's the latest trailer that came out just a couple of days ago, and it is with English AD. There was this voice I listened to on the radio. A young blonde man. And I will never know who she is. Text based on the Pulitzer Prize winning novel. Wherever in the world you are, I pray that the signal from this radio is reaching you. A dark haired young woman sits at a microphone. If you can hear me. Remember. Scenes flash. Evacuees. A bearded man. The young woman embraces her father. Darkness lasts. Darkness lasts not even for one second. A city burns. Cadets give chase. A soldier holds a knife to the young woman's eye. When you turn on the light. The title appears in Braille, which gives way to letters all the light we cannot see. Lewis Hoffman, Lars Eidinger, Marion Bailey, with Hugh Laurie and Mark Ruffalo in introducing Aria Mioloberti. Only on Netflix, November 2nd. So this is something really, we're really, really excited about. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you'll watch it when it comes out later in November. Uh, but that's it. This is all we're up to at Netflix. So back to you, Carl. So Alyssa, the young actress in that show, actually went to Perkins School for the Blind, which is about three miles from my house. Oh, amazing. I didn't know that. Yeah. And I recently listened to a podcast by the director of that show, who said he had to totally redo how he did directions because he had to explain to all the blind talent in the film, okay, you don't have to show it too much emotion in your face because we're going to do a long shot now versus the medium shot versus a close up. And he had, and when he was marking his shot, normally for a sighted actress, you just take the floor and they know to stop where the cues are on the floor and stop. And, and so the camera, when they're blocking their shot, but he couldn't do that because they couldn't. So he tried sandbags, but then people were tripping over the sandbag. So he had to come up with a tactile way that they would know to stop at the cues. So it was fascinating. But he also said he learned what was cool about this interview is the director said, I learned about audio description and what nice. it is. And so I think what I'm hearing from Janet and you and Shilpa is that finally audio description is leaving the blind community and it's starting to get in the production world, which is exciting because a few years ago, I was at a party in Texas and I, I won't, there were a number of people that worked for a number of well-famous people, like maybe the director of Star Wars and something at that party. And I was talking to them and they were like, wait, you've never seen my show, how could you? And I was like, sure I can. And I literally whipped out the phone and started to show them audio description. And not a single person in that room, even though all their content was audio described, knew about audio description. And so it's exciting to see that you're working with the production people and get them feedback. So thank you for that. 
Um, my last question is, I know that Netflix is starting to explore live content. For instance, you picked up the contract for SAG After Award, which has traditionally been audio described. And I believe you even audio described it for YouTube this year because it didn't air on Netflix. So as you, all the streaming services, I'm, I'm assuming are gonna start doing live content more and more as description numbers for cable and broadcast drop. So as, and so my concern is we're gonna have less audio description on live television. So is that something Netflix is exploring, um, create an audio description for live content? Yeah, actually we are starting to plan for these ahead of next year's SAG Awards. So thank you for bringing this up. Um, we are still in the very early stages. So I don't have a lot of details to share at the moment, but incorporating audio description into live content is definitely something we are actively working on. So there's gonna be more to come on this space. And, and, and I know that Mark Torres, who we'll be speaking to next, has actually done quite a bit of live content. So that I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Mm -hmm. um, thank you. I don't, um, there will be a few things I'll say at the wrap up that I wish all the streaming services did a little bit more of, but overall, I think everybody's doing a great job. And, and um, thank you for everything. And I'm, I can't wait to see all the light we can see and see how blind people are betrayed um, in the film. And that'll be, and Crip Camp, you mentioned Crip Camp. We yeah. lost Judy Heunen earlier this year. Judy Heunen, who was a I strong know. advocate, who was a strong advocate for the disability community and had a lot to do with the ADA being passed in 1990. And we had the honor at ACB of hearing her present at our banquet last mm -hmm. year, at last year's convention. So we were sad to lose a strong leader in the disability community. So, so those of you who have not seen Crip Camp, it's worth watching these young Definitely. people with disabilities who are our future leaders in the disability world. This film took place in, 19, in the 70s and they became our leaders and why we have a lot of the benefits we have today. So thank you for um, doing that. Uh, Mark, are you ready to go? I am, Carl. Thanks. All right. Well, I'm going to give you your bio first. I just, I know you. I knew you were ready to go. That was a bit of a uh, rhetorical question. So I've known Mark the longest um, because when I was working at WGBH in 2001, maybe, the first time we had a mandate for audio description, the district court killed it in D.C. and said it was the First Amendment violation. So many of the networks dropped audio description. I am proud to say that Mark Torres and CBS did not, and they maintained audio description even though they were not required to legally do so. So that I've always been grateful for. And the other thing is they recently, I think a year and a half ago maybe, they came out, they're the only network to my knowledge so far um, that has committed to doing 100% of their prime time. Now I know that's not dreaming, but I just wanted to bring up the fact that they're doing one almost 100% of their prime time for scripted television. It doesn't necessarily apply to reality or near live programming, but uh, thank you. So Mark actually has more than 40 years of experience in the world of television and accessibility. He started, I think with Showtime, and I'm, I'm doing this by memory, Mark, so I'm gonna do the best I can. 
He is the vice president of Paramount Global. He started with Showtime, then moved on to ABC, where he, he was the head of captioning and um, was there in the early days of captioning when we had to buy $200 Dakota boxes to hook up to our television set. And Dynasty was the only show, and you could not schedule a meeting on Monday night in the deaf and hard of hearing community because everybody had to run home to watch Dynasty. And I am horrified that the deaf community learned about culture from Dynasty. But anyway, um, and he also was responsible for uh, doing live captioning for one of the first live performances. He then moved on to CBS, where he has been um, part of the Paramount CBS, Viacom, then Paramount Global, ever since then. And he is now in charge of accessibility for Paramount Global. He also served as a member of the Disability Advisory Committee for the FCC programming, um, video programming, and helped develop audio description quality guidelines. He's a member of the SNPTE. And he, like I said, he's been around a long time, but he's a very passionate advocate. And um, it, so, Mark, you're up. Talk about Paramount and Showtime. Paramount well, thank Plus you, Carl. Showtime. Thank you, Carl. So uh, there was, uh, I am Showtime. I thought we had some Showtime here, but I'm happy to speak about it as well. I planned for that. So anyway, I wanted to thank, first of all, both you and Janet for being uh two of our best customers among the group here. I mean, humanly speaking, so thank you for that. Um, and yes, I'm, I'm really privileged and proud to say this marks 44 years of summer since I first touched accessibility as a 21-year-old intern at IBM as an executive intern at Armand, where I didn't know at the time, but I worked on a special for ABC called Barishnikov on Broadway, which I later learned became the first ever closed caption primetime special. But uh, the reality is I did get involved at Showtime Legacy Viacom 81. So, so thank you for all that, Carl. And also, the, Carl, the MGM films, fantastic uh, uh, plug there. I had not seen them as a child, but thanks to Showtime, we used to have a 10 a.m. MGM uh, movie every day. So I got paid to watch all of them, Singing in the Rain, the best years of our lives. So I couldn't agree more on those great films. That was the education in itself. So anyhow, I'm coming today um, from L.A. I'm actually here, Carl, for a meeting about audio description and the BET Awards later. But we're going to actually be talking about distribution of our files to partners. That's the big meeting I have coming up. And uh, I'm here at the historic TV City, formerly owned by CBS. Uh, I walked through the Carol Burnett Artist Entrance coming as we do. So that was great. So anyhow, so I just want to say um, thank you for having me, everybody. And uh, kudos to all of our colleagues here doing the great work. So in March, we just celebrated two years of Paramount Plus uh, rebranded uh, in March 2021 from CBS All Accents. And uh, Paramount Plus has really experienced exponential growth since then. And that's going to continue as we launch uh, Paramount Plus the <clears throat> Showtime bundle uh, on June 27th. So we're looking forward to that. And I've got to say, on a personal note, the launch of Paramount with Showtime takes me back to those 42 years ago when in uh, July of 81, I started at Showtime and Viacom's nascent Showtime. And we got involved in accessibility there, launching at Viacom with the first closed captioned cable comedy series, John Biner's Bazaar, and then uh, Legacy Viacom quickly grew it from there uh, in the almost 20 years before it was mandated by the FCC. So I'm really proud of our company and the early leadership roles that our Legacy CBS and Legacy Viacom folks took in growing accessibility on through to our new Paramount Global work continues now. So uh, the example how we grew it voluntarily. So like our colleagues here, uh, we strive at Paramount to deliver high quality access services to our consumers who rely upon accessibility. 
And again, like our peers here, I think you can hear it in the audio description on our programs. And that's really the result of many, many dedicated individuals, uh, both inside and outside of Paramount, working tirelessly and with great diligence to make it happen. And as we know, often in very tight to air timelines. Um, as you mentioned, Carl, commitment to AD grew even more in the 2022-23 CBS TV network primetime season, when almost 100% of our primetime schedule became audio scribed. And in doing so, that content carried to Paramount Plus with AD. So all of our primetime uh, offline AD is performed by Media Access Group at WGBH in Burbank. Um, and then in 2023, we saw continued growth of live audio description. Uh, I like to point to a lot of uh, first I've been involved in accessibility, but we were not first in live AD. I believe NBC and uh, my fellow yeah. former castmates at ABC cast yeah, members uh, did it first, but but we did launch in 2022. So, um, but in 2023, we grew it with our first ever uh, live AD for CBS News content. And that was the coronation of King Charles. That was done by the Script Video Works, our friend uh, Reese up there. Um, unfortunately, that content was not available for streaming at all due to exhibition limitations by um, the Crown. So that wasn't uh, posted afterwards. But uh, 2023 has also marked our second year in a row. We added live AD to both the Grammys and the Tony Awards. And that was performed live by Audio Eyes and Vitek. Um, Paramount Plus is still working to make live AD available uh, when it's offered. But uh, in both 2022 and 23, the Grammys were made available uh, with AD on P Plus post-broadcast. We actually cleaned it up to make the live, the live AD even better. And the same with the Tony Awards in 2022, our post-production is wrapping up on the offline for the 2023 Tony. So that should be up, I think, in the next few days. But I also want to say, along with my partners and colleagues here at NBC Universal uh, and Peacock, who have been great partners over the years, uh, and Descriptive Video Works, we are in the process of creating audio description for Yellowstone, seasons one through three on Peacock. And that will make it complete along with seasons four and five. Uh, we don't have a delivery date yet, but stay tuned on that. I know a lot of folks will be very happy to hear that. Mark, I, I will tell you that that's one of the biggest. I have gotten more, so as, as I monitor the email list, I cannot tell you how many emails we have gotten about Yellowstone, including from our webmaster, Fred Brack. So if he's listening, he will be thrilled. And thank you for doing that. And, and and I'll let you continue in a second, but this brings well, up another issue or concern I hear from the community that there is a certain amount of frustration when any of the streaming services have a theory that is not complete. It's frustrating because they either started the show and they can't watch it, or it's in the later season, but they're not gonna start it because why get to episode 100 when the audio description starts if you can't watch episode one through 99. So when you do commit to audio describing a season, a show or a series or episodic television, it's nice if the whole entire thing is done. And I'm not, I'm not pointing fingers, I'm just saying that's another concern we hear from the community. So thank you, Mark, for, for and I can't wait to watch Yellowstone because I know you're doing 1883, which was the prequel, so, um, uh, and I didn't mean to cut you off. I just wanted to thank you. No, no, no. Well, 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 you're welcome. We heard that loud and clear. That's why it took a while. We're getting it done. And if Fred is happy, I'm happy. So that's great. Um, so, oh. and I agree. We, we, yeah, we, we all want to keep Fred happy. Exactly. So um, we never backslide. I know we're speaking at Back Library, but once we commit to doing a series, it's, it's in perpetuity of the life cycle. So um, that's been our policy all along. So anyhow, uh, you know, we continued in 2023 with the great work of our team, uh, with a large emphasis in AD at P Plus, 
So all parent plus all parent plus originals are audio described as we started with. And as you mentioned, Carl, all current CBS primetime content with AD and three FBI series, which arrived too close to air for AD and CBS, they have it on P plus, and that's done by Free Play Media, formerly Caption Max. Uh, many more movie titles being added. And uh, a nice bit of news, we have 100 plus hours of Nickelodeon content being added in 2023 through our partnership with the Describe Media, uh, Caption Media Program. It's got to be Caption Media Program. Oh, DCMP? DCMP. Yep, DCMP. Yeah, yeah. So, Run by Jason Stark. The uh, Starks are great. And, that, and his, his dad, yeah. Bill Stark, started, as we know, the great Bill Stark, yep. And uh, we also have Meg, Meg Levine there. Now, you know, Meg came out of uh, Lytton, who, right. again, for our, our broadcast networks, they provide AD, I believe, for all the network uh, educational informational blocks uh, at no cost to us in advance. That's great. So um, with the new Paramount Plus and Showtime bundle, we'll be adding more AD to Showtime content. Um, so that's exciting, too. So, uh, But as you know, Carl's mentioned, our commitment goes back over 21 years, and that's our unwavering commitment in those 10 years when the FCC struck the rules down and when CBS voluntarily continued to meet that and the benchmarks uh, for over a decade. And then we currently far exceed those requirements as we, we did all along. So, so we're happy with that. Uh, our, our streaming content with AD is available on a wide variety of platforms. We do send it with uh, all the AD assets to our apps and our partners who can support it, uh, answering that question. And then uh, you ask about how we hope to build and expand it. We're hoping to keep the momentum going with uh, the current new shows and we're adding the AD for Showtime content and also looking for opportunities, as you mentioned, Carl, for additional library content over time. Uh, but again, as we all know, it requires budget and planning and coordination uh, and uh, the internal and external partners. So that's that's in the works. Okay. Um, so, and you asked about musicals. And so uh, with that in mind, yes, we started in 2022 with the Grammys and Tonys and we're gonna try to expand that where possible. Um, I think that's the closest to become musical on CBS at this point. Um, Texas Peace Technology, we're not using that. We continue to follow it, but um, you know the quality is you now Carl's improved uh, since it sounded like a screen reader to a more natural sound, but we, we believe in the human voice for our content and uh, we're sticking with that until uh, further notice. We don't see that changing anytime soon. Um, and then your big question about surroundings, and that's been a pet peeve of consumers of CBS Network and that uh, like many of our broadcast peers, we're constrained by the legacy cable systems that can only pass a, a monomix SAP downstream. So for yeah. CBS, it's still a monomix, but uh, P plus currently offers a stereo AD mix. And Carl, they're working on testing 5.1 surround sound. And we hope to roll that out with select content uh, not too long from now. So stay tuned on that one. So, well, how about with ATSD 3.0 rolling out in some parts of the country, not to get away from streaming, but will yeah, that yeah. be limited to mono also? You know, I don't have the answer to that. Um, okay, and I can get well, back to you, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually working. At, but but I'm actually working on a committee at ATSC um, talking about accessibility. So so that's a great question. So okay. Um, so so and, uh, going back to Paramount Plus and Showtime. So the two services are merging. So that'll mean even more content. Is that right? Cor correct. Correct. The Showtime content uh, we're adding with AD will be coming steadily as we uh, launch that. And so we're working on that now. It's uh, happening end of this month, a week from now. So, so that's going to happen. And, and then, go uh, okay, go ahead. No, go ahead, Mark. No, but then also uh, the idea we all have of you know how can we ensure the titles of AD you know are made available downstream. So you know we we ensure that the partners that can support AD receiving those files. But 
you know, we have a lot of silos here. I think many of our partners and, and colleagues are the same thing. Right. And, and we're working to streamline that uh, media supply chain. And I actually have media, as I mentioned, following this. We're really trying to concentrate on that for the fall season. So we want to even do better at that. And then in terms of acquiring content, we do always ask for the file, but it's not a guarantee. And so we, we try to do our best on that. And then as to the question of live ADM streaming, again, I think like our peers here, uh, we're working on finding a way to do live AD on our streaming channels, but we haven't gotten there yet, but we are looking to uh, make that available. So I do have a timeline on that. So, um, but that's um, that's really it. You know, we're, we're, we're working hard, like all of our peers here, we believe in it. And it's a privilege to uh, serve our consumers who require accessibility. Well, thank you. Um, I, uh, in the interest of time, I'm not, I did have some questions, but I think I'll hold off um, as long as you got the points of what you're doing. Um, across and I will uh, email you later on with my other questions that maybe we can share with the community. So um, I'm excited. I am a Palmall customer and I'm excited about getting some of the Showtime and Nickelodeon content. Uh, that's great. So- Thank you. Thanks Ron for the opportunity Rateau. to be here. Okay, Ron Rateau. I'm last but certainly not least, okay. <laughs> Um, part of uh, Peacock and NBC Universal, and uh, he's the senior product manager uh, for Peacock, responsible for making the Peacock app accessible, and has been involved in the world of accessibility for more than 10 years, and he's a strong advocate for universal design and worked very hard with stakeholders and other people within the NBC Universal family to make sure that accessibility is built in from the beginning. I, are you still joined by your colleague, Mr. John Jelly, Senior Vice President? Yes. Of, yep. Is he here too? Yes, he's here. Okay, welcome. Um, so, Thank you. Uh, so, Ron, I think you have a tough act to follow. Since uh, I last. do, I do, but I think but, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to, be part of this. So, so why you don't can. you tell us about Peacock? Okay, we'll do. Uh, so Carl, thank you again for inviting myself and Peacock to participate in this uh, year's accessibility uh, ACB convention. Also, Sheila, thank you for moderating. I know this is a challenge in itself, so appreciate your hard work as well. Um, so I'm excited to talk, uh, take this opportunity to talk about what we're doing with audio description and accessibility at Peacock. Um, so I'm just going to kick off our conversation focusing on three key highlights. Uh, Peacock's scripted original content, live audio description on live events, and our future innovations and immersive opportunities. Uh, so as of today, all of the Peacock scripted original content has audio description and the vast library of hit titles with audio description will continue to grow as we green light new scripted original shows for Peacock. Um, one of our highest performing originals to date is Bel Air, which is one of my favorite shows. Um, yeah. It's a good example, <laughs> yours I hope as well. It's a great example of how we implement accessibility on our platform while focusing on delivering the highest quality of the user journey experience. Um, this is a continuous effort to build our scripted original content library as part of the inclusive experience. So our next key highlight is Peacock's 
live audio description for live events. Um, as you know, Carl, through NBC Universal and all of our partnerships, we continue to offer audio description on specials such as Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade and Fourth of July specials, Christmas at Rockefeller, as well as the Annie the Musical. And the upcoming uh, Olympics, we will have live audio description for the primetime events, which will be available to access on the Peacock app. Um, as you know, they, despite the challenges of live event and providing audio description, you know, NBC Universal is committed uh, in doing so because we know how important to capture these live events for all of our customers. And um, our third key highlight um, that I wanna share it is that we are working um, what are we working on regarding audio description on our future enhancement? We have a number of initiatives um, taking place here at Peacock, uh, but I felt this particular feature uh, would be great for this particular forum at, as it relates to uh, the topic of discussion. So Peacock is looking to expand its search and discovery for the user experience when searching for content on our platform with audio description. What does that mean? It means that our customers will be able to use keywords like audio description to aggregate content uh, with audio description. As you mentioned, you like to just watch content with audio description. This would also be one of those features that you can um, benefit from. Uh, of course, the goal is to continue to work towards making Peacock content easier to access on our platform. Um, and also just wanna kind of uh, highlight what what we are like, what I'm going to uh, highlight is that we are on an amazing journey optimizing accessibility, live events, originals, hit series, critically acclaimed blockbuster content, sports and beyond. As we look to push into the future with all of these tools to continue to enhance the inclusivity and accessibility of our content, we are thrilled to show that this community, uh, what Peacock is truly uh, capable and are willing to offer. Um, across all of the various initiatives, I would like to reinforce our commitment to creating the user experience as immersive as possible and more product innovation announcements to come. Um, finally, I wanted to give, of course, a uh, shout out as we're part of the Comcast and NBCU, um, we have a wider access to optimize test, development, and deploy accessible tools um, that will continue to evolve and innovate. Um, this is part of the user research, user experience, uh, user testing um, with our app to ensure that we continue to strive to meet those accessibility needs and success that we continue to strive for. Great, so if I understand, Peacock is a monthly subscription service. Correct. which all MVC content, which is audio described, is also audio described, the description carries over to Peacock. You also do original plus your universal titles. And occasionally you get titles from other services that also have audio description, correct? Correct. So like uh, many of our colleagues on this call, we when it comes to licensing content, we do request the content to be with audio description. Um, and I have enjoyed uh, watching some universal titles, I think on some of the other services, but I watched Smokey and the Bandit the other day, and which was from the 70s. And I didn't, realize, I didn't realize what a silly, stupid movie that was, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it uh, my, Bert, 
Fennel, that is finest. What can I say? Um, you know, and it's nice to see Universal Pictures doing some of their back catalog. Um, so you answered my question about live content, which I asked everybody else, human narration, which everybody else. How about, are you also working closely with the blindness community to try to improve audio description? Yeah, those are, when, when I mentioned the Comcast and NBCU, these are one of the accessibility tools that we do have. We do work with user testers in the community to improve and help us guide us in the ability to design with accessibility in mind. So that's definitely um, something we are excited um, in partnership with. Okay, great. Um, is there, I know we've had it now, we've now been doing it for two hours and 15 minutes. So I just, um, if, do you or your uh, colleague have anything else you wish to add? Uh, well, for me, oh. Yeah, all I'd add is just, um, it's so great to be part of this fantastic group. And thank you, Carl, for hosting us. I think Ron did a great job of explaining some of the things we're doing. And we just, we're just thrilled to be part of this conversation with the community. Okay, great. So uh, I'm going to make a few closing remarks and bring up some concerns that I have heard, or not concerns, but things to consider that I have heard from the blindness community. One is crediting the audio description providers in the audio description track, meaning crediting the company who created the audio description and maybe the voice talent in the audio description track. And if you do that, could you do it at the beginning because now with many of the apps automatically going to the next show, people can't, it doesn't get to that point where people can hear that credit. If you are going to audio describe at the end, I'll give you an example. I did see a movie, and I won't mention the movie because I don't want to out anybody, but I saw a movie that had 12 minutes worth of credit. And this particular company does not describe any of the credit and they waited to the very, very end to say, described by so-and-so, voiced by so I had to sit there through 12 minutes of silence. Now I knew this company would put in the credit, but if you're, or say it at the very beginning of the end credits, if you're not gonna describe the rest, because most people aren't gonna sit through 12, they're gonna assume after minute one that the audio description credits are not there. So if we could move, one, credit the audio description providers because we know when we hear quality audio description and we wanna be aware of that. You know, We know the voice talent, we know the audio description companies, we know who they are. It's the same thing with audiobook narrators. We all have a love affair with certain audiobook narrators. Same thing with, with audio description companies and voice talent. So we would like them to be credited if possible and put it in a place that we, we can hear it. Um, duplication of audio description effort. I will give an example. Right now, um, Avatar The Way of Water is on two different streaming services, both with audio description. Excellent. Guess what? They have two audio description, two different audio description tracks. We're confused by that. Um, why duplicate effort when you have limited resources to do so many hours of audio description? Uh, I don't know. That's just something else to consider. File following the show. We do know when the file doesn't follow the show. Um, in an effort 
to get ready to go see Raiders of the Lost Ark Dials of Destiny. I've been watching the original four movies, and some of the services have audio description with Raiders, Temple of Doom. Uh, I can't remember the other two names, and some do not. Why doesn't the file always follow? Uh, I've already addressed my what the blindness community is thinking about in terms of sound quality, in terms of uh, both around sound. Um, we do consider audio description to be a three-legged stool in that it's the writing, it's the voicing, and it's the editing. And when one suffers, the stool will fall. You know, it's a three-legged stool. So all three have to be of high quality. Um, but overall, I want to say to the seven panelists that were on this, I am overall impressed with what you're doing. I think you're all doing tremendous work. And I know we will continue to get better as time goes on. And I'm looking forward to having ACB and the Audio Description Project to continue to collaborate with you guys on improving audio description, not only for the blindness community, but for everybody overall, as Janet said, um, and, and others. And we want to thank the panelists. And I want everybody to have a good night and, and have a and thank you for educating the blind and low vision community and the members of A to B on all the services and audio description you're providing.